0: Well, this morning I'm starting with a, a, a mystery that I'm not going to solve. Uh, I, I can't solve, and yet I'm not going to stay there, so it's okay. There, there's going to come a point where, uh, where the mystery um, is overshadowed by something phenomenal that's very clear and not confusing and not a mystery. And the mystery is, in the beginning was God. In the beginning was God. Now, the reason that's a mystery is because everything I've ever known and everything you've ever known has started and finished. So understanding the idea that God was is actually a mystery. It's actually something we can't comprehend. It doesn't fit into our brains. There's another mystery that goes to that because God makes it very clear that he is one, that there is one God, and yet there are three persons. It's another mystery that that the Father and the Son and the Spirit are all one God and yet there are three persons reflected in that. Everyone I know is one being with one person. Everything I know only has one being and person and yet God in this confusing space and people have tried to understand and and, and look at the word and, and unpack it but at the heart of it is a mystery that we can't fully comprehend what it means to be one God three persons but in this space we start to get a glimpse in this mysterious space we start to get a glimpse of who God is Because in this, what we call Trinity, this this three persons with one God, we see an amazing picture. We see what unity looks like. Perfect unity. The Father, the Son and the Spirit. An amazing expression of what love is. An amazing glimpse at what what perfect power looks like expressed in these three persons of God. And yet it's still beyond us. It's still confusing. How the Father, Son and Spirit relate to each other. But then God did something phenomenal. What he did was he decided... To create mankind. Out of this eternal beginning and none of that stuff. It was beyond that. He created mankind and he said he created it in their image. In the image of this God. This perfect God. This united God. This God in amazing relationship. And and these people that created in his image part of his image was to be creative and he created mankind in that in that way to be creative like god is creative not just to procreate but to use our hands and our feet and our minds to create to build to imagine to to do like he did when he created us he created this this people this this mankind, person kind, probably more politically correct. These people he created to have relationship like he experienced in his relationship within the unity of the Trinity. Relationship that shows love and value and significance. And he also created in mankind... The ability to make choices, to have power, dominion. But power really just comes back to choices. He gave mankind the opportunity to have choices. Three amazingly phenomenal things that are all characteristics that we got from God. To be able to be creative to be able to connect and relate, to be in relationship and the power to make choices. Phenomenal things that we've been blessed with in the creative power of God that he gave to us. And yet what did we do with those three amazing things? We went, ah, I can create something that makes me look good. I can create something that is about me, is for my comfort, is for my own glory, is for my own well-being. I can create broken stuff. In relationships, we went, I want it to be more about me than about others. I want it to be something that I get something out of. And so we broke the relationship stuff too, with each other and with God. And the third one's a no brainer. We use our power to get more power, to get more control, to get more influence. We call this stuff sin, but it's really a separation from the design, from the plan. The problem with this brokenness is that it was not the original design perfect beautiful God a model of what it was meant to look like and yet as people we chose to do it our own way and to ignore the plan and the design now I don't know about you but things that I've created that are busted get thrown out they get rejected they're not worth anything and yet this is the phenomenal thing about picture because when we look at that perfect picture of God that perfect representation of who God is we see that demonstrated in how he relates to our brokenness to our rejection of him and our desire to use what he designed for good for evil really Selfishness, pride, glorifying ourselves, not Him. So we have this brokenness that God reaches out to. And instead of rejecting and saying, You're not worth anything anymore, He comes to us and He says, I really want to restore this because that is who I am. I am creative, I am eagerly desiring relationship and I want to use my power in a way that builds and restores and not pulls down. (coughs) This is no mystery anymore. We're not in an area of confusion or of, of puzzling or wondering or questioning because consistently through Scripture... Right from the very beginning, God made it very, very clear. You might be confused about where I came from. You might be confused about how we relate in the Trinity. But do not be confused about how I see you. Do not be confused about my intention and my purpose for you. And I am prepared to continue to create, continue to fight for relationship, and to continue to use my power for other than self throughout the old testament we see time and time again the Israelite people were God's chosen people why because they were better than everyone else he wanted to demonstrate what people and God together could look like he wanted to show a light in the darkness about what communion with God could look like when people and God are in harmony and unity and love and creating and, and, and using their, their, their choices for the way that was designed, that's why the Israelite people were a chosen people. They were chosen to bring hope to a world that had gone its own way. And even, even when they stuffed up, even when they rejected God, that little glimpse of turning around and say, God, we've stuffed it up. He comes running time and time and time again. There is no confusion about what his agenda is. And the model keeps coming and the, the, the picture keeps going and going and going to the point at where Jesus demonstrates the ultimate sense of power, the ultimate sense of creativity no one picked the plot line no one saw God's, God's picture coming the ultimate sense of choice on the cross so often we feel like we feel like we need to have the answers that we need to solve the problem does does a bird have to understand what it's like for the cells of a tree to grow and the molecular structure and photosynthesis for it to put a bird's nest in a tree. Does it have to know it's stable and strong? Absolutely. But he doesn't have to completely understand the tree for it to, to, to know that it's a safe place to be, to know that it's the right place to put a nest In fact, we do the same thing as the bird all the time. Did you contact the manufacturer of the chair you're sitting on to make sure they did a good job? In fact, do you fully understand gravity to know that the chair is going to hold you up in five minutes' time? We don't know these things and yet we know enough to be able to trust that the chair can be sat on. the car you drive, everything you do, there is actually an element of faith. Did you know we were going to be here this morning? There was no guarantee. No one called me up and said, are you going to actually meet this morning? There was an element of faith to trust that it was going to happen. And I hope you know the character of those that are preparing for this morning to know that it was going to be here. You knew enough about what was going on to be able to step out in faith and go I'm going to turn up and see and in this space of what we call the good news the gospel we are given enough to know, to be convinced that the God that we worship we do not fully understand and yet he is faithful and trustworthy because he has demonstrated time and, time and time and time and time and time again what his agenda is. We get a glimpse of what it looks like to be God in perfect unity in the Trinity. We get an amazing understanding of what life can be when we don't rely on our own way, but we lean on his way. The thing is, we don't deserve it. We deserve to be rejected based on our choices, based on our use of creativity, based on our relationships and our relationship with him. We don't deserve it. And yet he continues to demonstrate what that looks like today. He doesn't heal us to make us comfortable. I don't know if you realise that. Did you realise that your bones were made fragile? God could have designed our bones invincible. He's capable of that, but he didn't. He, didn't des- he, he designed our skin to be burnt by the sun. He didn't design us invincible. Why? Because he wanted to have a creative laugh? Watch, watch these people, you know, wallow in, in, in their, their kind of, I do it all the time. Oh, that's right, summer, sun, burn, yep, lesson learned. He did it because he loves relationship and he wanted life to be life in him. He heals because he wants us to experience him. It points us back to him. I was chatting with someone this morning who was in a raffle last night and, and in their raffle they had an opportunity to win $1,000. I said to them this morning, so are you $1,000 richer this morning? And they went, nah, bit disappointing. I said, not at all. I said, Tats Lotto is not going to help you. Your next job is not going to help you. Your next, next relationship with someone is not going to save you. If we don't understand what Jesus tried to do on the cross, if we don't understand what God originally did when he designed and created us, if we don't trust that as our reason for living, everything else is a waste of time. The amazing thing is that that creativity we actually call worship. And I'm not talking about singing songs. It's one expression of worship. But we have an opportunity to reflect God in creating that glorifies Him. Every single day of our lives, every single moment, this opportunity I have to speak now. If if the creativity of my words doesn't glorify Him, I wasted my creativity. It was fruitless. Because it was a beautiful gift to create, to show everyone and show God how amazing he is. So don't keep singing songs, they're, they're awesome. But remember, it's just a reflection of the creativity that God gave us to commune with him. Relationship is another one, where he keeps restoring what we break so that we can trust him, so that we can walk in step with him. Jesus, when he was glorified, he said he had to be glorified, had to be elevated to that place so that the Father could send the Spirit. And the Spirit was a deposit, a reminder, a reflection of the divine in us, communion with God. This is profound. I I cannot give you a better message ever than this message. I have nothing to say to you that will, that will be more profound or influential on your life than that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit have done everything by their choice, by their relationship, by their creativity to connect with you. They created you for it and they eagerly desire for you to be part of that. There is no self-help message, there is nothing I can offer you that is more profound than that. It's why we breathe. And I love someone once said, God's name is Yahweh. And Yahweh is almost like Yahweh. It's every breath you take is Yahweh. I'm not sure whether God came up with that or they did. It doesn't matter. Sorry? Rob Bell might have come up with it. He used his creative, creativity to tell us how good God is. Brilliant, perfect, it's how we were designed. And the reason I'm sharing this today is because we forget the foundation on which we build. We forget the one thing that is the anchor, the rock, the fundamental foundation on which we tick. We get caught up with, with, you know, church isn't going to save you. Church is a gift, it's a blessing, it's another creative place that God did something awesome for our benefit. But it's not going to save you. If you're, if you're battling with, with something physical and you've prayed for it and you haven't had healing, it's not going to save you. Jesus made it very clear there's going to be trials, there's going to be problems, there's going to be challenges in this life. But do not be afraid. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Not your career, not your relationships, not your winning tax lotto. I have overcome the world. And there's so many times in the Bible it says this, but there's there's one in Romans 6 that I just want to really for us to just be amazed by, be inspired by, be encouraged by, And if we're little birds building nests, to know that the tree is solid. Romans chapter 6 and it's 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our own way of attitude, our own approach to doing, using what we were given in our way deserves to be thrown out. This word free gift in the Greek is charisma. It's the same word we use for the gifts of the Spirit. It's an amazing picture of what I just talked about. Creativity, relationship and choice. A gift. A gift is those three things combined. Now, I'm a terrible gift giver, but I'm fortunate that I'm married to an amazing gift giver. And what blows me away is that Tanya will say, I really think we should get this gift for someone. I'm like, wow. It shows how much you know that person. And that you've paid attention and you come up with something that they may not even realize for themselves, but you thought about it. I'm like, that's so creative. Tanya says she's not creative, but I say, no, you're not artistic. I agree with that. But you are very creative because you come up with gifts that I can't even imagine. But the gift also then reflects a relationship, knowing the person, valuing the person, and the gift reflects a conscious choice this free gift is not a cheap gift this free gift is profound and reflects the nature of god it reflects who he is and his trustworthiness and the gift came with such a price because it cost jesus persecution and his life and when we sing these words excuse me we don't glorify the persecution we glorify the gift and the generosity and the love of a father that continues to pursue us even when we're in a place of rejection. I never ever want to be in a place where this is not my foundation and I forget this. There's some phenomenal people going out to share God's love to some kids this afternoon. Some kids that had circumstances that suck that nobody should go through. They've been lied to by others and others' actions about how God sees them. And these people don't go out to make these kids feel nice. They go out with the gospel to creatively express the value of the father to these kids who have been lied to in their lives, who've been abused, who've been in relationships of families that are busted, in circumstances that are wrong, that do not reflect the perfect unity of God. They're warriors. They're not just well-meaning, nice people. They're actually going out to defend a kingdom that is worth fighting for, but only because of the gospel. I've got to admit, that's not my every day. That's not my every breath. But when I think about how profound it is, this foundation is, I want it to be my every breath. I want it to be the motive on which I live life. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I was at a Southern Cross Kids camp, and um, if, uh, if you were there, I, I'm not picking on you. But I was at a Southern Cross Kids camp, and we were videoing brief messages for each of the kids. Each each buddy the adult supervisor of the kid, was, um, was, was sharing a brief message to encourage that child. And so often what came out of their mouths was very well-meaning words. But they were things like, go for your dreams. Whatever your dream in life, you can achieve it. Reflected that sort of sentiment. And as I'm sitting there behind the video camera, I'm crushed because I'm hearing, encouraging, well-meaning words that are not on the foundation of the whole of life, on the bedrock of what it is that motivates us, that drives us. Unfortunately, into the mix of this picture of the gospel came an idea of comforting people with other things. It's a lie. It's a lie. And so I stand this morning super excited and pumped up because this message is worth declaring and proclaiming and living. And this message is what motivates my life. It what gets me up in the morning and when I go to bed at night, excites me about the following day. There is nothing else. There is nothing else other than a creator God who created something that he said was good and is restoring good because he made choices, creative choices, because he values relationship. And I get to be the recipient of that. And I am blown about way about that. I'm humbled by that, but I'm also motivated by that. I really don't want us to forget the good news which is the bedrock of what life is all about. Let's pray. Lord God, I'm so, so blown away by how you model these things to us. Lord, you are so unrelenting. Lord, we call you faithful. And yet your faithfulness just oozes out into all parts of life. Lord, I'm most amazed By how you faithfully pursue us when we reject you. I am so grateful and so humbled. And Lord, as a people who pursue you, who hunger and thirst after your righteousness, not our own. Lord, I just want to rejoice this morning. I want to rejoice and be thankful. So often we look at ourselves and our perspective, but Lord, today I pray that your spirit would help us fix our eyes on you the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Lord, we thank you so much that you did that for us. We do not want to skip past that, Lord. We don't want to to take it for granted. But Lord, like you have created us, we want to be creative beings that worship and glorify you. And we surrender to you and your ways, and your purposes, that we might be people that reflect what it is you created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.